My name is Kyra, and I'm first-generation Ghanaian-American, raised in Texas, raised on the East Coast, glazed in Spain and Latin America, and based out of Brooklyn. Join me as I interview extraordinary human beings from across the globe as we discuss all the stories we share through comedy, agony, and curiosity, of course. Hello, welcome to another episode of No Country for Moving. Today, we're going to speak to Dasha, a Ukrainian immigrant who is um, under refugee status, and she's going to tell us all about her story, about coming to America, and what it means. So my name is Daria. It's like, you know, the full name, and Dasha is short name. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer Dasha, like when um, people don't really know me and they, for some reason, they cannot say Dasha. I prefer mm. if they say Daria, but I'm Dasha. Um, I'm 23 years old. I moved to the U.S. when I was 15. Ooh, you were young. Yeah. <laughs> All by yourself. Uh, I mean, your no. parents came and dropped you off or what? No, they never came. It was my actually my first time taking the plane all by myself. Um, I moved to Atlanta. So... I went to high school in Atlanta, actually Duluth. I always say yeah, Atlanta, but I not, not a lot of people. I know what Duluth is. <laughs> I have a lot of friends from. I have a lot of friends from Atlanta. Okay, oh, perfect, because mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about that place. So I moved there when I was fifteen. It was just I. I didn't want to stay in Ukraine. By the mm-hmm. way, I'm from I'm from Ukraine, um, Crimea to be more exact. Ooh, yeah, I know Ooh. a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot going on there. <laughs> Um, so I didn't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents gave me a choice. Um, they of course wanted me to move to Europe and yeah, they, they didn't want me to be so far away, but I always loved American movies. I always loved American culture. Um, in fact, I went to English school when I was uh, back home. Mm. So, um, my parents, yeah, like they tried they didn't want me to hear a lot of Russian words or like Ukrainian words on TV. So mm. they always, I wouldn't say force me, but they encouraged me to watch American movies and well, basically any movies in, in English. Um, if I was playing like video games, I would play in English only, like mm-hmm. read mostly in English as well, because I like, even now when I'm mm. reading a book, I cannot read in Russian. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm <gasps> mortified to admit that, but <laughs> is it like the words are, are just like, you get tired of reading them over and over again. Or what is it? I would say it's, an, you know, like sometimes when you're so tired that like you're reading a book and you just, you don't know what you're reading about. That's basically me. If I'm reading, I can read a paragraph and after a paragraph, I get lost. I'm like, what did I just read? Like, gotcha. <laughs> so you are like very fluent in English and also fluent, obviously in Russian. But I think what happens for any person they leave, like you lose a little bit of your native tongue when you're not using as much, even though you're talking to your family, you're talking to your friends, it's different. Oh yeah. Like Veronica, uh, my, my roommate is always laughing at me. She's, um, and actually all of my friends, whenever mm-hmm. I say something, I always forget some words at some point. So I will switch to English. Um, and sometimes I don't even know how to say something in, in Russian. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. It's yeah. It's as so I weird. Said. You just, you really assimilated <laughs> and you were going to it in American high school. Yeah. So like, if I know a couple of words in English, I might not know them in Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I would like completely forget forget even like if I'm trying to say a sentence it will be so much easier because I'm keeping a journal and I'm writing everything in English Mm -hmm. it's been like this forever Mm -hmm. 
So for me, it's even weird to write something in, in Russian if I have to. Gotcha. And and what was it like coming to Duluth, Georgia? That's the South. Like you moved, <laughs> they dropped you in the middle of the South. But I also know Duluth is pretty. I'm trying to think of what I know about Duluth and who, because it's a little bit of the Atlanta, outside Atlanta. Is it in the mountains or no? No, not really. But it's not too like I don't remember it too much to mm. be honest even though I've been there for quite a while. Mm. Um, I don't remember about that place that much because my, my, I moved in with, uh, moved in with my relatives. Oh, um, not relatives. It's my dad's best friend since high school or whatever. So I call him my, my uncle just because he moved here like 20 years ago and um, he moved right after I was born. So he was present at, you know, like this whole thing, gotcha. like when I was, <laughs> when mm-hmm. my mom was like getting birth to me, mm-hmm. giving birth to me, I was, uh, I, I always tell that I have two parents in terms of like two dads mm-hmm. and like, you know, like two yeah, parents as like two families. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always treated me like I was his daughter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, um, I think it was pretty awesome in terms of like how they actually let me to stay with them because it wasn't that hard. I didn't have this cultural shock as many people had um, because I knew that if something happened, they would, you know, be there for me. Mm -hmm. So I moved with them. I lived there for two years. Yeah, two years. And then I moved to Boston. Mm, Okay, so you were there. And from moving to Atlanta or moving to Duluth, which you were there with family, um, and then moving to Boston, what did you notice in the different cultures? Because you immigrated, first you immigrated, then you emigrated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what was that even like? Um, to be honest, it was hard because when I moved to Atlanta, I knew um, that I had someone there. I had fr- like, I didn't have that many friends in the beginning, but probably after a week or two, um, I joined. So in the beginning, um, I had to choose a couple of classes and I really wanted to pick law, but I moved in December, no, in, in January, because, um, I was supposed to be in Atlanta, like starting from September, but my mom had a pneumonia. Mm. So I had to stay with her. Well, not with her, with my brother, because she was in in another city getting the treatment. And um, so I moved in January, which was like half of of the semester already passed and they didn't allow me to take that class. So I switched to, I really love singing. So I took the class where they were teaching me how to sing, but also they were competing. And I think we went to church for a couple of times even to, you know, to perform. So I found a lot of friends there. So it was pretty easy. And people were so welcoming all the time they were always asking me questions if I needed something of course I had like some students that I didn't get along with but it was I like I can understand it's high school anyway Mm -hmm. but when I moved to Boston it was pretty hard for me because it felt like everyone just everyone was just cold as Mm -hmm. the weather in Boston um I was lucky because on my first day of the orientation I met a girl from so when I moved to Boston, um, sorry for making this no. whole thing a mess, but uh, when I moved to Boston, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in America. And I actually wanted to go back to Ukraine and study, um, go to the capital of Ukraine, which is Kiev, and study there. But my parents were like, you stayed in Atlanta for two years. Why would you give it up? Like, why would you give up um, the, like another country? You said you loved it. 
but I kind of missed Ukraine. So I wanted to go back. And my parents just told me that take a year, take a gap here. It's fine. We're not in a rush. Year 17 anyway. Um, most of the kids that go to university, they're like 18. Mm -hmm. So I decided, and they didn't want me to um, travel around the world. That was not an option. My parents were like, we're not going to spend that much money. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I found this program. It was just um, some basic learning. Um, people were like learning English. Uh, what was it called? Yeah. EF? No, no. I know about that one, but <laughs> yeah. it was not EF. It was uh, King's College. Okay. Okay. Uh, there is a college called Pine Manor. Oh, my cousin went to Pine Manor. Yes. So they had a program there for uh -huh. uh, for international kids. And on my first day of the orientation, I met a girl from Venezuela. We're actually still friends. She lives, She just moved to New York. Awesome. And yeah, I met her. And then like she introduced me to a couple of people because she already, she's been there for she had been there by then for a week. So she introduced me to a lot of people. It was kind of different experience because as I said, I didn't know anyone. So I would call my parents every single day. Whereas in Atlanta, I would call them once a week. <laughs> um, but it was hard to be honest. I remember I cried a couple of times. I was like, this is not going to work. I want to go back home. Uh, but my parents paid upfront. So they're like, you're staying, I'm sorry. <laughs> And so you stayed at Pine Manor for how long? For, um, I think it was like eight months from September to May. It was like a program for a year. Um, but in December, my parents came to visit me um, and they we went back to Atlanta for like New Year's. And already like back then I realized that I actually love America that much that I don't want to move anywhere. So I decided to apply for colleges and um, yeah, starting in like December, um, I think in like late November, I started applying. So why why America as opposed to Europe? It's just or Asia. I don't know. Uh, well, never Asia because I don't understand their language. It's but you could be in Singapore. A lot of people speak English. <laughs> I know, but um, I feel like when I was when my parents sent me to English school in Ukraine. Um, we had a lot of people coming from America. So I even tried to pick this American accent instead of um, British because all of my uh, teachers, they were talking to me. And I remember once my teacher was telling something about the schedule and, and I was answering and I was like, yeah, the schedule. And she's like, no, the schedule, schedule. schedule. Yeah, I cannot even say that. Yeah, I was like, okay, we're. <laughs> I feel like we're saying the same words, but they sound differently. Exactly. So exactly. It, it was really hard for me. And England was very expensive. I know that college is way cheaper than in America, but whole living mm -hmm. is way more expensive. So my parents didn't want me to, um, to live there because they also said that um, they didn't know anyone in America. At least I had someone, you know, so even now, if I want, if I miss my parents or like if I miss my family, I can buy tickets to Atlanta and I'll be there in a couple of hours. Um, in Europe, that would be a little bit harder. Other countries, I just didn't speak the language. And why would it be harder in Europe? Because I feel like Europe's pretty small. It's pretty small, but in terms of traveling, you can travel within, you know, the UN yeah. borders. But when it comes to traveling back home and then getting back, I don't know, like I feel like the 
the whole visa process was more complicated for me. It's definitely because, complicated for people from Russia, Ukraine, and like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not a Schneigen, Schneigen, Schneigen country, <laughs> so you're kind of screwed in terms yeah. of like mobility. I mean, now, um, I think starting like last year, a lot of people from Ukraine can travel without a visa. That's good. But back then I already had American visa. So I decided why to bother, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I can stay in the country and I already loved it. So it was crazy decision, but and no what, regrets. And what visa did you have? H1? Did you have the EB? The first one that I got was J1. Okay. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure still what it is. It's like a work and travel type of visa. Probably. They give it for a year and yes. then you have to reapply, yes. but it's easier for students. Yes. It's so, I worked in that industry where I interviewed people who were doing J1 from Argentina and um, UK, United States, and Canada. So, the J1 visa is. I have to double check, but it is pretty applicable and easier for people who are students. So you get so, that one. Okay. So you had that one first. And what was the second one? Um, the second one was F1. Okay. So the second one I got when I already was like studying. And I think it was, I think if you're studying for more than 20 hours, I'm not quite sure. I'm yeah. still really bad with visas. Um, and I'm glad that I don't have to deal with them anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was F1. And then after F1, you were uh, a citizen. Like, so what's your status now? So my asylum is still pending. Mm. So it's not like a status, I would say. Um, I still need to wait for, I think, a year and two months or something like that to get either asylum or nothing. Oh, wait. So this is a little wild. Asylum. So if you apply for political asylum, are you, doesn't that mean you left for political persecution? Yes. Shout. Okay. So getting into it, um, did you leave for local persecution? Was it a title more in terms of um, a way to get a visa? Also stop me if you don't want to talk about it. No, no, it's fine. Um, so um, I tell the story mm -hmm. to everyone. So it's fine. My dad was a politician back in Ukraine, but then when Crimea, after this whole annexation in 2014, I guess. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's like a couple, like a, a lot of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, he um, decided to continue his political career. And since he was running as a politician from like another country in another country. Wait, um, what, wasn't he? Oh, because he was from, he was. Ukrainian. He, yeah. But technically you're Crimean. Yeah. I mean, as I said, Ukraine, um, Crimea was part of Ukraine. But then in 2014, I guess, after the annexation, Crimea became part of Russia. And then, so a lot of people had to change their passports, including my dad. And he didn't want to, as long as I remember, he was always a politician since I was, I guess, like 12 or something. And not even 12, like way younger. And then he just didn't want to quit. He loved it. He loved, he always was running against like major presidents and major politicians because he always believed that doing everything the right way is the only way. Um, and he didn't want to see briberies anymore. So he decided to- He didn't want to see briberies. Yeah. He's against corruption. Yeah, he was totally against corruption Ooh. all the time. And that was hard. And that's why when he became- a Russian politician, a lot of people in Ukraine didn't really like it. No, so, I would imagine because he's like, I want to change the system. They're like, no, no. <laughs> oh, well, especially in, in Russia. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not happening in the near future. Mm -hmm. Don't really think that it's going to happen in, in the future anyway. 
but yeah, he decided to um, change and be a Russian politician. But as I said, a lot of people in Ukraine didn't like it. And there's a website called uh, Miratvoritz, which is like a peacemaker. And one day my dad found out that he was on that website. And on this website, they put the people who are wanted. Um, A lot of people, a lot of politicians call them, um, that they say that they betrayed the country. So now they're looking for them. A lot of people were killed, actually. Um, yeah, we heard, we heard a lot of stories that someone magically disappeared, or we have like some pictures that my dad's friends from Kiev sent him. Um, there was like a car, someone blew up the car or something like that. It was really creepy. And then when, um, in 2015, I was, I was helping before that I was helping a lot, um, with dad's campaign. I would say we traveled to Kiev a lot. So I was, you know, I was always with them, with him and his colleagues, I would say. My mom and my brother didn't really like it, still, so they stayed out of the picture. And I remember that in 2015, after the program ended, I went back home for two months or so and I was helping him to um, run for the Russian elections. And back then I really wanted to get driver's license because I was also, I was also 18, so I could. <laughs> and I remembered that one day I was practicing and someone hit the car. And it was not like, you know, like an accident, because when you have an accident, people usually walk out of the car, they stay, uh, they try, well, in America, they try to exchange their insurance numbers, or I don't really know how it works, but it's similar in Russia. The guy just didn't stop. The, the, he hit the car and just continued driving. So it was, I was really scared. I called my dad, even though a lot of people ask me why you call your dad, I'm like, I was scared. Like, what do you expect? I was 18, maybe not a, like a complete teenager, but I'm still a kid. So I called my dad. My dad said, don't move, don't do anything. He, um, I remember that he didn't want me to be in the room. So the, the owner of this place, the guy who runs the, the school, my dad didn't want me to be in the room. So he asked me to walk out and he was talking to him for quite a while when he walked out of the room, he explained that you have to go back to America. And I was supposed to, I didn't want to be there on like September 1st and, you know, like be an awesome student because I knew that I wouldn't see my parents for quite a while. I wanted to be late, but my dad had to change the tickets and I was out of the country at the end of August. So since 2015, August, 2015, I never went back. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a lot. And that's also pretty scary because you realize that your life's at risk. You see that your father's life at risk and you're like, OK, this is scary. But then when someone comes for you, you realize how fragile things are. And and then when he sends you away as well, you're like, OK, well, now I can't go back. And how does yeah. that feel not to be able to go back? Like, uh, to be honest, it's like a cage. You feel trapped. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know it's for the best. A lot of people ask why my dad or like my mom or my brother don't come here but first of all my brother is in moscow and as i said he was never i wouldn't say exposed but like he was never in the picture he was Mm. always staying away uh, from politics a lot of people already knew me a lot of people i don't think that we still have some pictures but uh when i went to Kiev with my dad a lot of people were taking pictures with the potential or like the the guy who was running for president so a lot of people 
saw me, a lot of people knew me. And as I said, like my dad, he doesn't want to move to America just because he has business Mm -hmm. in Crimea still. He doesn't want to be in politics anymore just because, but he has like some sort of protection. I personally never lived in Russia. I don't even have a Russian passport, so I don't want to switch. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I cannot go back and ask for, you know, like Russian protection because I'm not even a citizen. You're not a citizen. No. And and can you explain, like, I know when it was annexed, I wasn't living in the States, but I know that it's a very oil rich area, right? Or no? Did I make that up? Uh, no, it is true. Um, but actually, it's funny that, you know, because not a lot of people know it. Mm-hmm. My dad was one of those people who wanted, I mean, not a lot of people know it. So not a lot of people use it. My dad was one of those people who found it out. That it was oil rich. Yes. Oh, okay. Because it, it, it was so shit. Pardon, shady, <laughs> because it was found out that there was a lot of oil and then Russia annexed it real quick. Yeah. I mean, it was not the main reason why. Um, oh yeah, please do tell because I everyone wants to know, listeners, I've, it's been a while since I've read the history on it. So I'm curious. Um, it's mostly about the Navy. So mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, how Crimea is sort of like a whole like peninsula, mm-hmm. almost like its own island, which connects a lot of, Con- not not a lot of countries, but like two seas, mm-hmm. and like my sea. Personally, we have the Black Sea Black and the Azov Sea. Same. That's like yeah. the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people from America, from Russia, a lot of people from Ukraine wanted that region. Mm-hmm. And when um, I mean for for Russia, it was very convenient because Crimea. A lot of people speak Russian. Not a lot of people even speak Ukrainian. My mom personally doesn't speak Ukrainian. She doesn't even understand whenever I try to say something. Oh. Like I use sometimes like some words and mm-hmm. my, mom, my mom like, just like, what does it mean? I don't understand. I'm like, I'm sorry, mom. I know you were born in USSR, but come on, you've been living here for quite a while. She's like, yeah, but it's, what is it? Autonomous Republic of Crimea. Okay. So a lot of people um, don't even speak the language. They just speak Russian. Because, okay. I mean, they were born in USSR. So like for mm-hmm. them, it doesn't make sense because- Ukraine became became its own country only in 1991. I know. So, it's recent. Yeah. So wait, so the language you speak or your native tongue besides English, because you are now a native English speaker, <laughs> um, would be Crimean or Ukrainian. Ukrainian or Russian. and Russian. Ukrainian and Russian. I speak both, yeah. Like Ukrainian and Russian because Crimean isn't really its own independent language. I would say we have like our own words that mm. sometimes if I say something, um, my friends from Moscow they would not understand or like even from Kiev, they would not understand, but it's mostly more like a slang, not like its own language. Got you. Got you. And so with that in mind and what was happening politically and, and because it was a port, an important naval port and also it's oil rich and et cetera, Russia annexed it, annexed it. But how did Russia have that power to do so over any other country? Um, Location? Basically, you mean like how... Yeah, like because I know there are ties, obviously, but why not another country? Why not, uh, you know, an Arab nation or the UK or United States? Like, Oh, they just knew that people would agree because they started this voting process. And as I know, I think it's like 94, 80, or I'm not real sure about the numbers. I'm not going to lie, but I think it's in Kerch where I'm from. It's like a seat in Crimea. I think 94 percent voted for joining Russia. Wow. So they knew it would be easier. It'd just be easier. Okay. All right. So that happened. And then your father's like, I don't want, and then your father runs on a ticket for Ukraine. He's like, I don't want corruption. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, my dad actually, in the beginning, he he was voting against um, the Russian government. Mm-hmm. And the annexation, I imagine. And annexation, of course, because he knew that it's not going to work. I mean- In the favor of the people. Obviously. In the favor of the people, of course. And he just, uh, he knew that it, everything is going to, because like this whole process, everyone, I mean, like there are a lot of people who say that it was legally done. A lot of people say that it was- illegally done. It was not legit. I personally, I studied international affairs and political science. So there was a lot of talking about Crimea and how it was done, but I, I still don't understand. And I think a lot of people still don't understand because if you dig deep, then you might find something that was not done right because it's not only about the region. You cannot just ask people from one region and do you want to be part of that country? And if they say yes, okay, that's our country now. It's not the right way of doing. And that's what they did. They didn't ask the whole country. They didn't ask Ukrainian people. Like they just asked the the region. When the region voted for joining Russia, they just came and they're like, okay, that's our con- that's our territory now. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was it was quite weird. That that's why my dad was like, no way, this is going to happen. Uh, it's better if we stay in one country. Everything is you know, is done in the right way. Everything is legal, but a lot of people disagreed. And now I'm not really sure if they would have done the same if they knew how it is right now. Yeah, no. And what is it like now? Uh, A lot of people say that it's even worse. I don't really like to talk about politics that much Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't agree with my opinion, Mm -hmm. but- You can talk with me, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I personally don't- um, like whatever my parents tell me, I just don't think that a lot of things are done in the right way, in the proper way. Like my, as I said, my dad was always against corruption. And now that whenever he saw something was, you know, like was done illegally, he would write a letter to the president or someone in the higher, you know, like in the government. Now, if he's trying to do that in Russia, no one cares. So he had, um, he had to, I think like half a year ago, a couple of months ago, he had to sell he has like small businesses now and he used to have a taxi company, like not a company, but like in, in the city, he had to sell it because there were a lot of illegal, um, not illegal, but like a lot of drivers without the papers. So my dad was, he was like, I cannot even compete because no one is listening to me. No one, like I'm writing the letters, I'm paying the taxes. They don't. So I think at some point he said that it would be a lot easier to sell the company instead of keep fighting. Mm. And so now it's, you know, due process obviously is questionable. It, it's a lot, it's it's controversial where it is now, but would you say that your life is better here, different here? Do you like living here more than you would like in Crimea or Ukraine or? Um, to be honest, I just, I love it here just mm. because I can't even imagine my life um, in Russia as I said, I, I've been like, when I went back home, it was rushed already. So I lived there for two months. <laughs> That's why I always say like, yeah, Ukraine is the country where I was born, but America is also my country because that's where I live now. I've been living here for eight years almost. So I don't see uh, even more than that, I guess. Um, so I don't even imagine living in Russia, but I cannot go back to Ukraine because I already, first of all, like I'll like, I already think I would say as American sometimes, like, you know, for example, a lot of people in Russia, they don't live 
tips when you go to a restaurant and they think that it's okay to live like $2 if your bill is a hundred dollars. For me, it's weird because I also worked as a hostess. So I know how it is and I know how upset uh, the waiters, the waitress um, can be. So that's why like my thinking is already different. My mental uh, mental mm. mentality mm. yeah, is a little bit like a little bit different. But if I ever decided to go back, I would say I would go back to Ukraine. But as I said, I cannot. It's I, I'm just not I don't really know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in case it, it's not like I'm famous, but in case they find me or something, because mm-hmm. we also found out a couple of years ago that not my um, not only my dad is wanted, they want to pay like I don't remember. I think it was like three hundred thousand dollars. If they, if someone finds them, uh, my dad, I mean, if someone finds what my dad. What the hell? Yeah, I know. So there's literally a hit on him. Yes. And he lives where? He lives in Crimea. So how is he safe? He has protection because he, he has pays protection. Parts. Yes. And he has protection. And also since Crimea is part of Russia, he yeah. has protection he's from Russia. Russia. That's if, what he, say. if he goes to Ukraine, he's no, done. No, he's done. He's yeah. done. Yeah. I can see that. So we have like some relatives in Ukraine and he hasn't in them for quite a while now does he even call them like does he feel like they're like phone wires are tapped or anything like um not necessarily but he can call him uh, them sorry it's because it, he mostly talks to my uncle mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I, I said him um he can call the relatives but he it's my mom's relatives it's my like my mom's sister her husband so my dad doesn't mm-hmm. really you know like it's okay but my dad tries not to get involved so fair fair and so and your brother likes living in moscow yeah he um so when he was graduating high school he actually came to america for like one semester to my parents were hoping that he would love it here and he would stay here as well he hated it because he was sent he did this program where like like exchange student for oh that's hit or miss and i almost did you have you heard of cisb no. Okay. So in elementary school, sorry to interrupt. I, my mom wanted me to do this inner exchange mm-hmm. where someone comes to your house and then you go to theirs. And so I had a friend who did it in Turkey and uh. then had a person come there. And then, but I've done, I, 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 in college I studied in Spain and, and I loved my madre and whatever, but it, it's weird. You're in someone's home and if you don't connect, yeah. it's horrible. And it, t- and it really discolors your entire perspective of the country. Yeah. That's what happened to my brother, but he didn't do that. I heard about, now yeah. what I know what you're talking about. He didn't do that. He did another program where um, you just apply. And then if your English is good enough, you're like, you have to pass a test. If your English is good, you pay the money um, and they just send you to a random family in America. Mm. No one comes to your home. Okay. So my parents sent him to Minnesota. Okay. And I've had friends go to Minnesota. <laughs> sometimes they love it. Sometimes they don't. It's well, Minnesota. Yeah. My brother hated, um, he loved traveling. He loved, he became like, I would say, Besides his accent, he became complete American. Mm-hmm. He was playing football. He was hanging out with like Americans all the time. Cause like in Atlanta, I found a couple of European, a lot of like a couple of international friends. So my circle, I would say it wasn't only Americans. It was like people from everywhere. My brother, he tried, well, he tried and he loved talking to Americans 
Um, as I said, like, he, I think I'm not really sure if he had American girlfriend, but he was like, I remember whenever I was calling, he would always hang out with like a couple of girls mm-hmm. all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, as I said, he was playing football, but in his family, there was no wife. So the guy was a widower. So like he was by himself. He had two students. One was from Spain. Another mm-hmm. one was my brother. Okay. Uh, it was fun in the beginning, but he forced them to go to church and then like to eat in some sort of way that my brother could not understand. And I remember that my brother was calling me. He's like, I'm Orthodox. Why are they like, why he forces me to go to church? Like I understand everything, but religion, come on. Yeah. So he was like, I would be, you know, like okay with going and like, I would not even say anything, but my brother, he's not like that. Yeah. He would always say something and one day I remember that um, he called me, he was crying. I was like, what happened? He's like, I cannot call my parents. I was like, why, what happened? He's like, they're not picking up the phone. I was like, okay, so what happened? Stop crying. He's like, they're kicking me out. And yeah, the next day they just sent him back to um, to Ukraine. Wait, weird. Yeah, like there was a lot of fighting between my brother and that guy, like the the owner of the house, mm-hmm. the, like the the guy from the, like the family. They didn't really get along. So I think he wrote a letter to that program that sent my brother mm-hmm. and they just bought a ticket and sent my brother back home. So he remembered that he still hates the country. Not That's, completely, but mm-hmm. you know, he still doesn't really doesn't trust the people. Yeah. And he doesn't see himself here. But when he was graduating, he he already got Russian diploma. Mm-hmm. He switched his passport, so now he has Russian passport. Mm-hmm. And he decided to move to Moscow because it's like a big city mm-hmm. and now he just loves it. So he doesn't really want to come to America. Mm, fair, fair. So in terms of you in Boston, how long did you stay? Um, yeah. How long did you end up staying there? Uh, six years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and where did you live in Boston? Uh, you mean like the area mm-hmm. or? Area. So I went to Northeastern okay. and I tried to stay around that area, mm-hmm. but I moved a couple of times in my first two years, I would say. No, first my first year, mm-hmm. I stayed as close to the campus as I could. Um, second and third, I decided to move somewhere further away. Mm-hmm. And there is um, this place, I mean, this area called West End. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's, cute. Real, it's, it's cute. really nice. Yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. If you know where Tita Garden, it's like mm-hmm. the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's right in front of, like we lived right in front of it. I loved it, but it was quite expensive to live there. So I had two other roommates uh, and we split the apartment. I lived like in a living room. Mm-hmm. Another girl lived in a room. And the third person that moved in with us was a guy, he lived in a den. <laughs> so I, I always felt bad for him because living in the living room is not as bad as living in a den. True, very true, very true. <laughs> so they lived in all these places and you were like there for six years. So that's enough mm-hmm. to get the Boston experience. Oh, more than enough, trust me. I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get out of there. <laughs> and and did, you, did you date when you were there? Yeah. Uh-uh, how was the dating scene? Um, it's funny because... Actually, my first boyfriend ever mm. was American. Okay. I was I was 18. I moved to Boston. It was my first year. And we decided to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. And I met him there. In the beginning, he told me that um, when we met, he was like, I'm from, I actually live in Boston. Because he started asking me. I was like, mm. I live in Boston. He's like, I go to Harvard. I'm like, 
uh, this is not true, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved, um, went back to Boston, we met again and he was like, if you don't trust me, let's go. I will give you a tour mm-hmm. around Harvard and I'll show you the dorm. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, he actually goes to Harvard. <laughs> so I've been seeing each other for quite a while. And then, as I said, um, I was there for like a year. It was that year when I didn't mm-hmm. know if I was going to stay mm-hmm. or move. And I was accepted to a couple of universities, but I still, I had like this feeling when I was going back, it was May and I was going back home for a couple of months. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to stay or like leave because it was, my feelings were all mixed. Mm-hmm. So we decided to break up and stay friends. Mm-hmm. It was my, as I said, my first boyfriend, uh, my first experience. And after that, I wasn't dating for quite a while because it was my first year of college. I was just trying to meet a lot of people because I wasn't really lucky. I was the last person to put the deposit on my dorm and I ended up having my, they returned the deposit and I had to find an apartment. So I didn't even leave on campus the first year. It was way harder for me Mm -hmm. to find friends. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was my sophomore year. I met this guy from Puerto Rico he was my neighbor and we started talking, we started seeing each other. Um, but then it didn't, it didn't end up well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we broke up and only my like thor- third, I guess, boyfriend was Russian, Okay, which was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what would you say the differences between dating an American or a Latino or a Russian? Uh, I think American, it was, as I said, my first boyfriend. So... It was more about paying. Like I realized that it's a lot about like when you're paying for your, I don't know, cappuccino or something like that. You always, If you're paying for a cappuccino, you have to pay for yourself. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're going on a date, Americans will say, so you're paying your part, I'm paying my part. People from Puerto Rico or Latinos in general, they will take care of you only if they have money. Mm-hmm. otherwise they don't even take you out on on dates mm-hmm. <laughs> and russian people it depends the guy that i was dating he was always paying for me and he was actually um he was mad when i decided to pay i didn't tell him i just gave my card to the waitress and i asked for so i was like can you please use my card whenever he asks for a check and he was really mad he didn't talk for or like a day. Oh, wow. Why did he feel like it was like a disrespect? Yeah. In Russia, they teach you to take care of your uh, wives or mm-hmm. your girlfriends. If you can't afford it, don't have one. Oh, <laughs> basically. They're like, if you can't do it, then don't do it. Wow. 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 But it also depends. It depends on the mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Because after I bro- we broke up with this Russian guy, I was... I started seeing another Russian guy, which was, as I said, I was pretty <laughs> upset, but I was like, you know, dating a Russian guy isn't that bad. You have the, like, sometimes if you if you want to watch, I love old movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love watching something, I don't know, like, sound like it hot. That's mm-hmm. my favorite American movie. But when it comes to Russian movies, we have our, I don't know, like, Owen you know how you're watching friends and you have like some words or you're some like phrases that, you know, mm-hmm. same in, with Russian movies. So I wanted to continue dating Russian guy and another Russian guy, he was from Moscow. He had money, but he would always tell me that we have to split like, you know, like 
the check evenly, even if I was eating a salad, he was eating a burger or something, which, or like, I don't know, a steak, mm. which I found very, I don't know, disrespectful mm-hmm. in some ways. So that didn't last long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and how do you find dating in New York? Even harder. I don't know. There's so many guys. There's so many, like, I prefer guys who are a little bit older, mm-hmm. closer to 30, I would say, or like, Mm-hmm. 30 35 mm-hmm. uh, with that range it's a little bit harder to find especially if you're not working i'm still looking for a job um because i graduated in august and it's been like two months almost mm-hmm. but i wasn't really trying because i was working the entire summer i was taking my last classes um so i decided to take a little break mm-hmm. and when you're not working when you're not socializing when you're not going out that much yeah, clubs. Mm-hmm. Well, you cannot actually meet someone nice at a club. It depends, but... Exactly. Not my case. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I usually go there to dance and just to relax with my friends. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to dating, I would rather meet someone... And as I said, like all of my experiences, it was only once that I met someone in the street. It was like random. It was New Year's mm-hmm. and I guess I was lucky. Uh, other guys that I met, I met through friends... I met them as my neighbors. Um, I met them, I don't know, like a, at the library mm-hmm. of on campus. So I wouldn't say that I'm more like a social person that can just go in there and like, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> start talking to people and the next thing you know, you're dating. Mm-hmm. That's not me. I haven't tried Tinder, but... Yeah, you're not going to yeah. do anything on Tinder. Tinder's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. You can try other apps. Tinder is hit or miss. Oh, I, I had friends who've met people on Tinder that's the thing in Boston it's popular I know like a lot of people told me that Tinder in New York is not a thing mm-hmm. um, I know so many people actually one of my friends got married uh, a year ago I think a year ago she met a guy on Tinder another girl met no she she got married two years ago another girl met a guy a year ago she moved um, to Texas with him wow one of like the best stories that I have is like my friend met a guy on Tinder in Boston, he was from New- Netherlands mm-hmm. and she was from uh, Belgium, I mm-hmm. think, or in Netherlands as well, somewhere mm-hmm. there. She like has two houses, so I always get confused. Mm-hmm. But he went back. Um, he stayed in Boston for a semester. He went back. She graduated a semester later and she moved back to Europe and now they're still together. I wow. think they live, I think, I think they live together. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's always success stories in Tinder and every dating app. Yeah. It just depends on how much work you put into it and getting lucky. Yeah. I guess I'm not lucky when it comes to dating apps and <laughs> most people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, what is, I mean, I met my ex on Tinder, so, oh. you know. <laughs> but it, it just, it's, you can meet people. It's just, it's very, very hit and miss. Um, so would you say, in terms of dating, do people see you as an American? Do they see you as uh, a Russian, a Crimean? Like, how do they perceive you when they hear you talk and you talk to them? Um, I always say that they always, it's funny because when I moved to Atlanta and I was like, I was talking to a lot of people, the only time I would use, like I, w- I would speak in Russian would be at home. Mm-hmm. So my accent started disappearing, but I also got this, southern accent which was Mm. really terrible Mm -hmm. but when i moved to boston i started meeting a lot of russian friends and after that my accent 
came back. So a lot of people, even now when I talk to people in the beginning, they're like, we hear an accent, but we're not really sure where exactly it's from. So it's nice. But I know that now it's becoming worse and worse and worse. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's coming back just because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time around Americans mm -hmm. that much. Um, these days I'm just like trying to apply and like mm -hmm. stay home or like go to the gym. But when people hear me, they're just like, so where are you from? Then I say that I'm from Ukraine. I try to not say that I'm from Crimea just because of all the questions. That's just too many questions. It's like the same as, you know, like you meet someone and they're like, oh, so where did you go to school? What did you study? Mm -hmm. It's the same, like exactly the same questions are like, where do you work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, okay, I've been telling that for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. So I usually say that I'm either from Kiev or just Ukraine in general. Um, and a lot of people, when they talk to me, Uh, when I meet people, they don't ask me a lot of weird questions. But when it comes to dating, I feel like that a lot of, especially if, when it comes to Americans, I try to say that I don't need like a sponsorship. I don't need anything. So if I'm like dating, I'm actually dating because mm -hmm. I like you, not because I, I won a green card or something. Wait, do people say that to you oh, often? Not, not personally to me. I had mm -hmm. a couple of times when people ask me like, They're like, so what's your status now? Like, are you in visa? Like, when are you, like, are you going back? I'm like, is it a way of asking me if I have papers, if I need them or something? Mm -hmm. um, but Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of friends of mine from Ukraine and from Russia, they tell me that when it comes to dating and when it gets serious, people just either disappear Or they try to break up with you because they don't want to get involved. Or they ask you up in front. They're like, do you need papers in the future? If, mm -hmm. if yes, I'm sorry, we cannot date. I'm like, this is weird. It's weird, but it's common. It's and common, yeah. When I lived outside the country, whether it be Spain, Argentina, or anywhere, they're like, so how long are you going to stay? Like, what is... What's your goal? I was like, I just got here. Or maybe we've been here a year, but like, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't see why we need to have this conversation, but they're just trying to evaluate what your purpose is and how yeah. long you'll be in their world and how much do they attach themselves to you. But it makes you feel like you're not valued almost. Like yeah. it almost makes you feel like you're not, like they're only dating you for like, oh, they're like, well, she's not gonna be here that long. So I can just date her, do what I need to do and be done. Or she's gonna be looking for something. So like, how much should I take her seriously? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have a couple of friends, actually both of them are Americans and they've been asking me out on dates. They live in New York. But they never ask me those questions. That's mm -hmm. that's why I keep like talking to them. Um, and just, I mean, I've been lazy because they've been calling me and asking me on dates, but I'm always busy somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my mom always told me that if you're busy, that means it's a sign that you don't really you want really to. Want to. Yeah. yeah. Because if yeah. you're, if you like a guy, you'll have you'll nothing to do. Yeah. You'll make time. Yeah. So, um, but they never asked me anything about my papers. Mm -hmm. Um, one guy, I, I know him for quite a while from Boston. So, and he moved to New York. So he lives here now. He asked me once when we went out, he asked me just because he was curious, like the situation, he never asked me like, what's or like, what's your status or what are you going to do? He was like, so what's up? Because, uh, we were introduced, um, by another friend And that friend knew me like from a long time ago. I think the first time I came to New York, which was like 2012, mm -hmm. I was like in, in a program. It was like a winter break. Mm -hmm. It was like a program. And 
for New Year's. So he was like talking to me. I remember I, I said that I was from Ukraine. And when he was like introducing me to this guy, he was like, oh, this girl is from Ukraine. And then the guy started asking me the questions like, are you studying here? Like, and when I said that I went to American high school, he's like, how come? Because, mm. you know, when you say I went to American high school, a lot of people don't understand that you can go to American high mm -hmm. school, if, even if you're international. <laughs> people are basic. I yeah. mean, obviously you can go to American high school. It's very strange. Um, the, the, the rules people make up in their mind about people who attend schools from outside the country. Cause it's hard. It's hard to like get it. Like why you'd come all the way to America for school. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people understand college when you say yeah. college, they're like, Oh, okay. F1 and a lot of even Americans know what F1, mm. F1 is, but when it comes to high school, they don't really know what it is. So when you say, oh, I, I went to American high school, they just assume that you're either a resident or you have something that, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't, you're not on a visa. Mm -hmm. So Gotcha. And would you say that your life is better here than it would be in Ukraine? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Why? Um, first of all, it's, as I said, the people, mm -hmm. I remember after studying here for a couple of years, I remember I went back to Ukraine and I was talking to people and even at the border, when I was giving my passport, people were like your passport, I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> did I do something wrong? I was like, oh, thank you. I was saying, you know, like all these nice things. I was always smiling and they were looking at me like, What's wrong idea. with you? Yeah, like, why are you smiling? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. um, so definitely that, I feel like way happier because I remember when I was like, I always had a lot of issues with my mind in terms of like, oh, I'm super fat or I'm ugly mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And people point and like at things you think that you have like flaws, they will make these flaws even bigger. They will make it as like a whole issue. I, as I said, like I thought that I was... I had a problem with my weight. Yeah. <laughs> and when Who I told you that, <laughs> I mean, trust me, a lot of people back home. Um, well, is, is there like a percent? Because I feel like every, not everyone. I just, is there like a body image situation? Cause I feel like I've seen a lot of very tiny women over there. Yeah. But guys, they try to make it as a joke and yeah, that doesn't really work. So I remember that like my brother would always tell me about like mm -hmm. Anderson brother, mm -hmm. But a lot of classmates were a lot of guys, mm. but they were like growing up, they were like 13, 14. Mm. And for them, whatever they see in movies, which is like, you know, yes. a very skinny girl or like on Instagram, like models, mm. um, they would tell you, oh, you're not a good fit or something. In America, when I came to America and I remember it was so funny, um, the girl was like, I like your dress or no, like my shoes or something. I thought that she was going to steal it or something. Oh, I've heard this already. I heard this comment already. It's weird. So, well, it's not weird. It's just unique that you think someone's going to steal from you if they come compliment yeah. you. Yeah, that's, that's Culture the thing. Shift. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that happens in, in Ukraine or like in Russia. I mean, it's not like someone is going to steal no, it. but they're like, but what they're do you like, want? Yeah, like, what do you want? Like, why are you complimenting me? There's something that you want. There's something like you're trying to to get from me. That's so funny. So, so you have that and it's also really twisted, um, but then there's the perception of yourself and what people say and kids would make little jokes and kids will always make jokes. But uh, I feel like I was always very adamant about people not making comments with people's bodies as a kid. Cause it was always this weird competition thing when you're a child, yeah. um, particularly in middle school. So I find that that's really, damaging like yeah. particularly if you if you think you're fat when you're not 
Yeah. It's also, um, I was playing tennis, I was mm. dancing. Mm-hmm. And I remember that like when I was, as I said, 12 or something, mm. I would come back home from, um, after a long day of training, studying, mm. going to school and it would be like 9 PM and I would go to the, uh, open the fridge and my dad would be looking at me and just asking me to close the fridge. So it was also like coming from the family. Jesus. Yeah. You're like, I just worked out all day. Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. But parents don't like, I mean, a lot of parents don't really understand that mm-hmm. if you're a little bit of like, I mean, I wouldn't say overweight, but if you have, you know, like yeah. if you're a little bit chubby uh, or curvy, uh-huh. a lot of parents would um, do something about it. They would either send you to like, you know, like a dentist, like a dancing school or I don't know. Like, Wait, stop. Yeah. Stop. That's in, in Russia and Ukraine, it's a big thing. Like you, a lot of parents that don't really like care about that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, but in my family, my dad would like, he was, he still, he still goes to the gym. My mm-hmm. brother works out. My mom was the only one who wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, well, he tried to fight, but <laughs> my mom's like, no, I'm not going to the gym. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So stop it. Mm-hmm. So he found a new target, which was me. <laughs> and yeah. And as I said, that happens a lot in Ukraine and mm-hmm. Russia as well. Mm-hmm. So when I came to America, I, well, yeah, uh, freshman 15. Yeah. I mean, it's the food. It's, <laughs> it's the, the food. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also like I gained when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I gained a little bit just because I felt like, you know, my dad is not watching and no one is watching. No one is saying anything about my body, but only when I moved to Boston, I started uh, looking after what I eat mm-hmm. and like I realized that I need to be healthier. Mm-hmm. Only then I started looking after my weight. And even now, like my dad is like, okay, now you're okay. Now you don't have to lose weight. I'm like, thanks dad. Is it like, <laughs> it's the first time you're saying it, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. And doubtful that you were really heavy. I'm no, sure. actually I was really skinny. You were really skinny. I was, um, I was looking at my pictures from my prom mm-hmm. Because I, when I moved to America and I did high school in America, I was still studying in Ukraine. So my friends would like send me the test and every single summer I would go back and take the tests and because I wanted to still finish Mm -hmm. high school in Ukraine as Mm -hmm. well. And I remember when I came back for prom, uh, my dress that I bought in size eight, Mm -hmm. it was way too big Mm -hmm. because I thought that was like, you know, you thought you were fat. That, you thought you were fat but you but that's not yeah. even fat by the way you just <laughs> thought you were a different size because of what has been projected to you of what is yeah okay yeah and so you weren't. yeah i think i don't remember who changed it to six but even six was big so i had to buy like i think i we, we got it tailored and it was almost like to four or something like that in size which and is so you were small and yet you were still feeling this yeah and it doesn't help that your family tells you that as well as yeah. well as society yeah that's sad so in, in terms of that it's it's really sad that also now that i'm thinking i would not go back just because i don't really know how everything works like even setting up the internet like or I don't know, they're paying the bills. I don't really know how everything works back home. That's why like, I cannot even imagine living in Ukraine or Russia right now because everything is it's so different. But I feel like if I stayed there, first of all, I would be married, which is I don't really know if it's a good thing or not mm-hmm. because in Russia and Ukraine, it's common to get married around 23, 24, sometimes even earlier. My brother, he was just telling me the other day that I'm already 
too old and I need to stop get listening to your brother and your father regarding that. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, like, that's, yeah. but like that is, um, that's so crazy. How old's your brother? My brother's 20. Okay. So he's a little younger. And so he's like, is he like on the hunt as well for whoever he needs to be? Uh, you mean like dating dating? Oh, he has a girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. So, so. they basically see you as the old maid and that mm-hmm. you yep. are not with someone is very out of step and you live in New York and you looking for work, which is just so different from probably what your mom did or did she do something different? Oh, my mom, it's like a completely different story because when my mom was growing up, she finished high school, but after that she had to start working because her mom passed away when she was a child. So there was like no money for college. She didn't really have good grades, Mm -hmm. but she got married when she was 22. Okay. And at 23, I think she had me. Oh, wow. Okay. So past that. (laughs) Yeah. So she did that. And then, so basically your whole lifestyle is completely different from what they had. And what did they say? What do your parents perceive you as? Are they really proud? Are they like, when are you getting married? Uh, Right now, I would say that um, it's different for me and my brother. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) It's obviously, but um in terms of me they're really proud of me that's why they're giving me this time off they're like i we know that you're looking for a job you're applying but don't get stressed like take it easy we got it you know like we cover like we're trying to cover everything it's not like i'm going crazy and like spending you know like rolling in money and spending everything i'm also like being thoughtful when i spend but in terms of like even we had this agreement that even when i start working they will be paying my rent um, they will be helping me out in the beginning and uh, because my dad doesn't want me to get married now. It's like my brother has another, as I said, like, you know, idea in his head. But my dad, he's like, you're still my little daughter. In when I, Whenever I say that, oh, like, I want to start dating or I'm dating, my dad is like, you're too young for that. <laughs> uh, confused. <laughs> he's yeah. confused. Yeah, he's a little bit confused. But yeah, he, in terms of me, like, even though my brother is a you know like he's a guy he has to be the one who needs to work and think about his career my dad is more concerned about me he's like i know you're a workaholic so it's better for you to get the job become independent because when my mom and my dad got married my mom started working for my dad my dad opened like a business and like started his own company and then my mom just started working for him so Right now, she's also the one that says, like, you need to become independent first and then choose whoever you want because nothing like it's not like something is going to happen. But in case something happens, you know, you can pay for whatever you want, like your rent, your life and not be dependent on anyone else. Oh, so basically they're really supporting you to be an independent woman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is nice yes. minus the whole body shaming and things, but it's yeah. good that there's like, there's growth in terms of like yeah. what they want you to do and they support you and very nice that they're paying your rent in New York. Yeah. That's, that's a privilege. <laughs> um, looking for work in the city is a nightmare. And if you have any type of cushion while you're looking, it's so helpful. Yeah, it is. In terms of like politics in, in Russia and here, what do you think of American politics? What do you think of America? In general, because I feel a lot of people don't understand the perception of America outside of this country and particularly in Russia or Ukraine. So what can you tell me about the perception of America there? In Russia. Mm-hmm. Or Ukraine, either one. Um, I don't know. For most of my friends, including my brother, what they 
they don't really talk about politics. Like, I don't really know a lot about Russian politics or Ukrainian politics anymore just because I don't really follow it. I mean, Ukrainian maybe, because especially after um, the recent president got elected, it's just, I'm sorry for my French, but a shit show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, no one was expecting that um, a comedian would be a president. So I follow that. But I don't really follow Russian news just because it's always the same. The president is exactly the same. He's been the president for 19, almost 20 years, even though he had another person. It's ridiculous. It's, no, it was a figurehead. It was, it's a dictatorship. That's yep. not okay if you don't have a change. Like, and I just don't, don't agree. Yeah, it's just me weird. Either. That's it's why. Just, just, how does that function? It, he does whatever he wants. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's But crazy. That's why I, as I said, like I had a chance to change my passport and become a Russian citizen, but I just don't agree with that. As I said, when I moved to America and I learned everything about American culture, about American history, I took so many classes in, in terms of like American politics and I learned how it can be done and you know, like how people feel there are like still a lot of things that I don't completely understand in terms of the elections. Like how can people vote for one person and then another person can win? Mm. I mean, that happens on happened only once in the past, but this is the second time. America. Yeah, but this is like already the second time. Mm. So for me, that's kind of the thing that I'm still trying to understand, but I know this like whole electoral like process, like mm. this, the, you, when it comes to elections, mm. it's kind of complicated. Mm -hmm. Even for some Americans, as I understood. But when it comes to Russian elections, no one even cares anymore. It's well, there's no point. There's no point. Even if you vote at the local level, what is that going to do? Um, not, not much. It's the same, you know, like, it's like in America, you have Democrats and Republicans. In Russia, you have only one party. Oh, wait. Yeah. I mean, there, um, as I said, like when my dad wanted to be a politician, he was running as a politician with another party which is not that famous. Like there are a lot of parties to be honest, but in America, you don't have only like, you know, Republicans and Democrats. You also have like the third party. Right. And then, um, you have like different people who are running mm -hmm. for elections when they're like running as Democrats or Republicans, you have like this, the elections from both parties. Mm -hmm. But in Russia, it's just one party that gets elected. So no one even cares. No one wants to, even do anything. I have a lot of friends who don't even show up for the elections. They're like, what's the point? You know, that mm -hmm. they're going to choose one president and that's it. So they're kind of whatever, like, I mean, those people that know what they're talking about um, and they know how the politics in America works. They just tell me that they wish it could be like the same in Russia or mm -hmm. Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Or at least some sort of due process where people can vote. Even though here the electoral college makes it complicated and yeah. technically people win who shouldn't win because you have the popular vote, but <laughs> yeah. I still, there's a lot that needs, to be, that needs to be corrected in the whole process for elections and how we don't really have a large push for, for voting for in like, you know, state and local, but it's just, it's better than nothing, um, yeah. which is saying a lot, but. I still question it a lot of times. So it's very interesting to hear. Especially that. with the recent election. Mm -hmm. I, as I said, like I still don't understand how it can, it got, how it happened because, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you saw that like so many people vo voted for one president, but then 
I mean, for one candidate, but then another candidate yeah. ended up being the president. Mm-hmm. So because he had the power of the vote within yeah. the Senate and the but, House. It's just, it's twisted. It's sad, but hopefully he will not be our president soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be speaking too soon, but I'm just, I'm hoping. So it's just, it's just really kind of voting and being present and. But a lot of actually people, especially like, as I said, I go back to Atlanta quite mm-hmm. often uh, and a lot of people in Atlanta actually like oh, the way it is. Some so, people love him because they say yeah. the economy is good, but what they don't realize is that the economy has to get there from two years yeah. prior of economic changes. And yes. those two years prior were not him. Yeah. They were Obama. That's how long it takes. Yeah. And it, or it's not even two years. It's like four, four, it's four, four, four years. Three, four years. Yeah. It's one it's, term. It's not, it's not him. And it's, it's disturbing that anyone is going to relate the changes in this country to him. It doesn't have to do with him. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, the elections are coming next year, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Were you allowed to vote yesterday? Can you vote? No. Okay. As, um, I'm still considered as international. I think the only way you can vote is when you have a passport. Okay. So... Yeah. Even with a green card, you're not allowed you're to not vote. Allowed, yeah, that I know. I and that's like know. a fun fact that I always say I've never vote, voted in my entire life. Mm. It's like never have I ever is my thing. <laughs> that's a good That's a good one. Uh, and one day you will. So how, what's the whole process with your asylum? You, you said you don't know. Um. So my when I first applied, I didn't know anything about this asylum mm. thing. And I remember that my dad, one, uh, he called me one day and he was like, okay, I think the, what we should do is hire a lawyer. And I heard about this asylum thing. I'm not really sure how it works. And we were promised that in one year or so, I would be given the asylum. And then one year later, like one year after that, I would get the green card. Okay. But because of the recent events and the new president, my case was pushed. And I had my interview. Yes. When was it? In... November, um, it was like they invited you to this like room and they were recording everything you were saying. It's bas- it was like basically an interview where like I would say it's like the same stories if I'm telling you right now, but they were asking so many questions that it was quite weird. I was like, I already told you everything. What do you want to know? And then I got a letter saying that I lied or something like that. And I started crying. I remember like, wait, I was, wait, they said you lied. It was basically, like I don't remember like something. Yeah. I remember like the exact words they were. Yeah. Like, uh, I think they said that I, it's not that I lied. I said that I, that I go to Northeastern because mm. back then I still went to Northeastern. And when I got the letter, they said that, how can you go to Northeastern? Because, um, there was one year that I had to take a, um, a gap year just because it was like a financial situation mm. with my family. As I said, the, my dad was trying to, he had a business and he was trying to sign the papers. Mm. Like he had Ukrainian uh, papers, but then they had to change everything. And he had to like sign a lot of pa- papers with the Russian government. So it was complicated. People, uh, he started losing money and uh, we just couldn't afford the university. And mm. I was not allowed um, to apply for, a sc- well, a scholarship would help, but it was not going to cover everything. And I was not allowed to take the loans. So my dad asked me why to- Why weren't you allowed to get the loans? If you're international, oh, you're, yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. would explain why most internationals are incredibly wealthy. Yeah, and they, they're because they're paying out of and they're pocket. they're paying out of pocket. Yeah, so 
Uh, my parents paid out of the pocket as well, but it was like a very hard, like it was a very difficult year for us. And I took a break, but it was actually pretty good because I had my first real job. Like, well, not real, but I was uh, working at a smoothie bar. Oh, yeah. So. Cool, cool. <laughs> and then I had my internship that actually helped me to get another one. So it was actually like it, it all worked out pretty well. But I, I remember that I was upset. And that year was the year when they terminated my visa. Because if you're international, you're not a lot... Like, you can take... Um, what is it called? Like, the leave of absence. So... Oh, because you took a gap year. Yes. What? Oh. Yeah. But you're not allowed to... Um, you're not allowed to stay in the country. You have to leave. Like, if you're taking... a, uh, It's like a medical leave or, like, leave of absence. You have to leave the country. And whenever you're ready to come back, you're coming back. I had to stay. I couldn't leave. So they're like, we're either terminating your visa and you better have like some papers. Well, I already had the papers from my, you know, like asylum case. I was allowed to work. I was allowed to stay in the country. Um, but the, I don't know why they didn't see that uh, when I was telling them that I was like, I'm at the university. They saw that my visa was terminated. So they assumed that I just didn't go back to school. I came back to school, but I was using my asylum papers instead. So that was completely weird. And they said that I have to wait for another like half a year uh, for my hearing. And I thought that that would be the final hearing. But no, it was the master hearing, what they call it. It's basically you go to the court, you show up, they call your name, you say present and that's it. They just tell you to come back whenever they decide. Well, that was in May of 2019, which is like this year. My case was scheduled on, don't remember the date, but January 2021. So I still have to wait for like quite a while. <laughs> wow. So you chose what you thought was best. And now with the change of presidency and his draconian laws, against immigrants. Yep. You are thus in a fishbowl and in a place where you now, everything you do is even more monitored. Yeah. That is horrible. I mean, actually it sounds horrible, but to be honest, in the beginning, like when I was, I remember I tell you, I told you that I was dating a Russian guy. Mm -hmm. He moved, like we dated for the second one. Mm -hmm. we, we dated for a couple of months. He moved to England because he decided that, having master's degree from America, like bachelor's and master's is more than enough. So like, it's better to have bachelor's from America, master's from England. Mm -hmm. So he moved, we had this like long distance relationship. I was crazy about visiting him. He, I don't remember why. I think it was like very hard for him to get a visa. So he was like, please come and visit me. I couldn't. And I was going crazy. I was telling my parents that I'm ready to leave. It's been so so long i don't want to stay in this country anymore but now i don't really care if it's going to be in three years it's the only thing that bothers me is that i don't really know what's going to happen in three years like mm -hmm. like you know like or after i don't know four years of waiting there's no like you don't have the answer that what bothers me and in the beginning i was like yeah i cannot travel i always wanted to go to australia but you feel like in a cage or something you feel a little bit trapped but at the same time, like, I don't really want to leave. Like, it's not that even if I could right now, it's not that 
cheap to travel around the world. So I wouldn't like I have, you know, like I've never been to Seattle or Mm -hmm. like I've never been to San Francisco, but still it's quite expensive. So I guess even if I could, I wouldn't right now, but it's just like the idea that you can't live, you know? And and it, wait, so wait, you can't go to San Francisco? No, no, I can't. It's just like, I mean, like financially, it's expensive. it's, It's expensive. And you know, you're being modest and you're applying for jobs and, and you're trying to go there. But you, truthfully, it's a whole process for anybody applying for a job, whether you're immigrant or not. Yeah, <laughs> It's shitty and it's even worse in New York because there's so many people going for so many jobs um, and everyone's dying to live here. Uh, so I know I will get it. It's just it's I've been process. to be honest, I've been like a little bit lazy. So mm-hmm. I feel like I will get it at some point. But as I said, I was taking a little break Mm -hmm. and taking time absorbing getting acclimated yeah Yeah. i'm just kind of like seeing how it goes yeah and also like i was so happy to leave boston i've been there for six i had been there like i had been living there for six years and after six years i was like there's no way i'm staying here even though i had a couple of options in terms of work in terms of job Mm -hmm. but i just couldn't stay there anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was not only the weather it was like i it's a small city in New York, it's been, what, two months? I feel like all I know is, like, my area where I live right now and just a couple of streets. Oh, and that's, and that's it. And it's 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 daunting and it's overwhelming, but it's also like, oh, my God, there's so much more to see. Yes, yes. I, I, will, I can live here forever and I will never know it all. Yeah. And that stresses me out. But then I'm like, wait, what else can I see? <laughs> like, what else can I do? It's very exciting. And that's why I've always been interested. I went to university in Boston and... I'm from Dallas. I'm from Plano and um, parents are from Ghana and everyone's like, and then I lived in Spain and they're like, I don't understand who you are. And I'm like, I am someone who likes to live in different places and I like to immigrate and I like to learn and try, you know, build relationships with people who are different from me so I can expand my own mind. And I like that I lived in Boston. I like that I didn't go to school in Texas because I knew something else that people who had really stuck to a certain area didn't know. And it's yeah. a very different culture. You yeah. know that, you know, yeah. about living in Duluth and living, it's oh, so yeah. different, but the fact that you can speak the languages and go from both, it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful in work. It's helpful in life. It's helpful for networking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so true. And also I think, um, like in, in Atlanta, I would say I, like, I love that city. Mm. Um, I see myself maybe living there like mm. when I'm, 40, I would say, okay. or like when mm-hmm. I have kids and mm-hmm. family, that's, that's the best city to live the weather, mm-hmm. um, a lot of job opportunities. Uh, I don't know, like real estate and everything is like mm-hmm. a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. So if you want to buy a house, it's a lot cheaper, but as a, I don't know, like young professional or like, mm-hmm. you know, like someone who's yeah, like, I need, our I need age, activity and I, I need something. Yeah. And I don't even know if I'm ever going to be a suburb person. Cause I grew up in the suburbs and I yeah. know what it's like. It looks cute but you're often very alienated in this weird way. It's strange. Like everyone in my community and my neighborhood knew me. Um, it's not like a bad thing. It's just very small. It's, I can, it, I can see myself living in that community, especially the way I treat family. Like in terms of when I feel like when I get married, I feel like it's just going to be me my husband and my kids and that's it. And like maybe a couple of friends. So I can see living there, but only when I'm like much older, not right now. I'm not right now. I'm ready for New York, not mm-hmm. for <laughs> something much smaller. And um, is there anywhere else where you would live? I was considering San Francisco, mm. but 
as I said, I never lived there. So, or like I've never been there. Um, so it was, it was kind of, it was kind of scary for me. Um, I promised myself last year that like this year I'm going to move to another state. That was like my new year's resolution. Uh, so I was definitely not going to stay in Boston, but also moving far away from Boston kind of, it was kind of scary because I remember like that moving from Duluth or like from Atlanta to Boston was scary already, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I would meet so many people at the university here. Well, you don't really, when you're working and that's what I got from all of, all of my internships, when you're working, you really need to, you know, love your team. Otherwise you don't have friends. (laughs) Like it's, it's a little bit harder because you spend so much time at work in terms of your classes. You meet new people every single semester. So I I knew I would be fine. Mm -hmm. And when I was moving to another place, when I was like trying to move to another place, I chose New York just because it's closer to Boston. So if I miss my friends, I can always go back. If I miss my family, it's, well, the the flight is a little bit shorter, so I can always go to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I was not, I was a little bit scared to move on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. And in terms of like, people perception diversity what is ukraine like is it is it a lot of people look the same are people because from what i've read and from what i've seen and just from my you know Czechoslovakia, when i went to like <laughs> Czechoslovakia or poland or i went to you know other parts of um of, of eastern europe i noticed everyone looks very similar like oh, yeah. and they could tell and people were very starey about me and in my blackness and everything about it and they're like who are you where did you come from like or they would try to like rap or like try to say things to me because they <laughs> thought that is how they interacted and that's been the and it's been the story everywhere i go so whether it be argentina or spain or india or anywhere i go everyone always stares so i can imagine it being very difficult for a black woman and they'd be like what is are you um to be honest it depends on the city in general i would say yes people are still they act as animals Mm -hmm. i would uh like savages because for them someone coming from another country and it doesn't like it doesn't matter if you have like another Mm -hmm. skin color Mm -hmm. or like you speak another language if you're not like from russia or from ukraine you're already a foreigner and they already don't really know what to do in ukraine what i noticed the reason why they're like either trying to rap or like say something is just because it's like the Television. way of like, oh, yeah. it's like the way of also like showing that's like, Oh, like, you know, like that's all we know. <laughs> I'm like, cool. That's, that's pretty awesome. But people used to be like, you know, like a couple of years ago, I remember my mom and I went to Kiev and we met someone. He was obviously from America and yeah, I think he was like my, my mom's age back mm-hmm. then. So he was like a little bit older and he was asking for directions. A lot of people were just like, they freaked out. They they heard another language. I showed him where to go. He was like, oh, thank you. A lot of people just don't really know what to say. So they're not scared of you. They just don't really like, right now it's much better. A lot of people speak the language. A lot of people just don't really care. In Russia, in general, I don't really know. But in Moscow, it's pretty common. Like a lot of people are coming to Moscow. So they're already, they're already used to, you know, seeing people from another country. Um, my brother, for example, he goes to this university of like friendship or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't, rem- I don't remember the name, but he lived with a guy from Africa for two years. Mm-hmm. He lived with a guy from Korea for a mm-hmm. year. 
Now he lives with the Russian guy, which I'm not really happy about because at least because he lived with someone, he could practice his English, you know, like now he just speaks Russian. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> You're going to forget everything <laughs> in a couple of months. Um, but people in general are right now, I think they're more, especially our generation, like people who are like 20 slash 30, um, they try to learn English and they're more, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say open-hearted, but mm -hmm. like, you know, they're open-minded for sure. So if someone from America, from Asia, from Argentina, anywhere mm -hmm. else, try to go to Russia or Ukraine, people are not going to react mm. in a weird way, at least in like big cities. And I think that also speaks to the fact that you all are children of the Berlin Wall falling. Yeah. Like you came post. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. obviously you grew up with there was instability and there were changes, but you were younger and you saw that region change and, and grow and develop. And that means like influence from other countries. And I also feel like there's a lot more influence of like media and all that other stuff. And I can see that being very different. I can see younger people speaking more English, traveling a lot more because oh, yeah. they can. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and just having that different perspective, but it is interesting. And it is, it is something that I feel like to explain to people when I, when I go places that like, no matter where I am, everyone's going to say something to me. And, 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 and where I found that it is almost the most aggressive is, is, is in America and, and people's perception of what they think as progressiveness is mm -hmm. often just the most ignorant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so it's, it's very disheartening coming back after like eight years. I'm like, wait, so I thought this country was like this, but really, and I think it's actually the most difficult <laughs> place to be because of the history. And it's just, It's yeah. just like being like, oh my God, I came back to what? <laughs> I was like, should I have just gone somewhere else? But like happy to be back, but also like, and I'm happy to be in New York because New York is great. It, yeah, it, it really is a phenomenal place to land. But it's it's like, whoa. Yeah, I know. But also like, you know, in terms of, um, I would say in terms of uh, different genders, mm. that's a little bit oh, more yeah. complicated. Even in, in America, but in Ukraine, actually, they've been... Um, like I know for a couple of years now, a lot of people are very, um, they're accepting a lot of people of like different genders, mm -hmm. um, in terms of transgenders, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. um, in Russia, no, it's, it's even illegal to ah. almost to be gay or lesbian. Mm. Um, so all the people from LGBT community, they cannot really survive there. I feel like it's so complicated and, um, all those people even who live in america right now all those like russian people mm -hmm. when i say oh like my friend is i don't know gay or lesbian they look at me like i'm talking to you know like an alien mm. or something like guys it's it's america it's it's okay you know like in 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 countries like russia and ukraine people are more Yeah, they're more weird about it. They don't really want to accept the fact that there are a lot of like other people and it's not only like they're not only straight people in the mm -hmm. world, but Ukraine, um, as I noticed, they're trying to accept this fact, even like different TV shows. Mm -hmm. um, like I usually watch uh, like Ukrainian Next Up Model and the previous season had one transgender, another one was gay i guess mm -hmm. or something so like they're already even like putting mm -hmm. them on tv shows mm -hmm. to show the fact that we're interesting accepting, interesting you know? 
But in Russia, no, it's like not, not, not like TV shows. There are a lot of celebrities who are, you know, like dating other, like the same gender, mm-hmm. but they're trying to like, they're, they just want to show it. They just want to hide the fact they're like getting married to like, if you're like a guy, you have to get a, like married to a woman. So mm-hmm. they do that instead of telling, no, I actually don't like women. I like guys. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Like, as I said, Russia, as you mm-hmm. notice, is not my favorite country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so what would you say for the future? Where do you see that Russia is going to go? Or uh, where do you see Ukraine is going to go as well? Do you think it's going to continue to improve or is it going to not improve Russia? It's kind of like... With safe. Russia, I don't really know. I don't think that it's going to get improved in the nearest future just because like as long as the, pre- the current president stays, nothing is going to change. Um, that's unfortunate, but it's probably the way I see it. It's like he has his own empire. He's not going anywhere. And there's no such person that can, you know, change anything in, in this country for now. In in terms of Ukraine, I see, at least I hope for the best, but the country is going through a lot of difficulties right now. So I just hope that it stays as a country. It stays one country mm-hmm. and it's not going to be part of, Poland or like I don't know Russia or some mm-hmm. other country but I know that they're bankrupt like they're there's like no money in the country right now so I just don't really know how the cur- the current president is going to handle it mm. I hope for the best as I said I still love the country and I still wish I could go back not as much to Russia like I don't really care about that country but to Ukraine mm-hmm. especially Kiev which for me, is like the best city in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I always said, like it's a combination of St. Petersburg and Moscow. Okay. It's like, it's both like the culture and it's still like modern. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just don't, I just hope for the best for the country. Mm-hmm. But so far, we just have to see. At least I hope this current president will finally make, you know, some friends with Russia, like <laughs> in Russian government as well. Because I'm just like tired of seeing people talking and yelling and like my mom like all these things happened my mom I remember her like yelling at her sister calling her really bad words <laughs> and they didn't talk for almost like two years what was the fight about about the Russian government and Ukrainian government mm-hmm. and like the annexation of Crimea um and how because like my um my mom's sister lives in another city, like in Ukraine. And when this whole thing happened, you're, she was telling her that she betrayed the country. But she was kind of also like brainwashed. And they're like, they're not in Ukraine right now. Whenever they're showing Russian um, TV shows or like, the I don't know, like movies or whatever. If let's say there's like a Russian, I don't know, like flag, they will cover it with like, you know, like a blurry dot. So they will not like show it. Um, sometimes they try to even translate something, which is like so weird. Weird. But, yeah, I know it's it's weird, but I'm just like tired of like them fighting all the time. And I see so many families that um, some people got divorced because someone wanted to stay in Crimea. Someone wanted to move back to Ukraine because they were so political. Um, but yeah, I just really hope that it will end soon yeah well i mean all for the better hopefully (laughs) 
All right. Well, that was a fantastic interview. Thank you for taking time to tell me and the listeners about your story. And we will always be in touch. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for stopping by yet again to hear another awesome story by another kick-ass immigrant dropping some serious knowledge on the Crimea region, the brotherhood between Russia, Ukraine, as well as what it means to be an immigrant when you're a teenager fleeing and landing in places like Georgia, Boston to New York. So thank you so much, Dasha, for opening up your heart and being honest with us. So if you would like to hear more information about people like Dasha and her story and see clips and images, check out No Country for Moving's Instagram page. Check it later. Bye.